What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 39. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm just, I'm so bummed. I, I think, I think gone is our prediction that the Premier League fight, or the fight for Premier League supremacy, uh, is going to be a close one. Manchester City, man, they look the squad. What do you think? When Honestly now, Man City, like, they've won four Premier Leagues out of the last five. And yeah. now getting the next one, honestly, man, I, I don't know. Are we starting to see Bundesliga just like the Premier League barn dominance in the Prem with City? Like, hopefully yeah. not with the level of competition and the money. Like, I know Chelsea. If there was a team that is like the kryptonite of City, yeah. it's Chelsea yeah. and Thomas Tuchel. So the fact yeah. that not even them can get it done, it's it's very, very bad, man, for the competition. Yeah. So I think yeah. City's going to get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really does feel like it. I, I do understand Liverpool has a couple games in hand, but, um, but you know, Kevin De Bruyne comes up with a beautiful curler. Uh, yeah, and it just Pep Guardiola has come out and he said, you know, if there's one one manager that I actually learn from, mm-hmm. it's Thomas Tuchel, and uh, it really didn't look like it today. I mean, the only one that looked like they wanted it on Chelsea was N'Golo Kante, um, and uh, Manchester City just looked just looked different. Uh, Kyle Walker underrated. We're gonna get into underrated today, but Kyle Walker <laughs> underrated. Uh, you know, Laporte, I love. Uh, Phil Foden had a game that, like, you know, you're you're not going to see him show up on the stat sheet or mm-hmm. or anything, but he just had one of those games where he was such a thorn in Chelsea's side. Um, and I don't know, I'm I'm becoming it's becoming clear to me that that City is the cream of the crop, and I don't know, are we entering? Um, yeah, like you said, are we entering Bundesliga, um, Farmers League stat? But, status. but, but the question the question is like the question is like is Thomas Tuchel the guy to win a Premier League with Chelsea? Okay, he won the Champions League, but yeah. they got this dominance from Man City that it's the depth because it's a long competition the Prem and it's not like it the is. Champions League knockout. So does Chelsea or Liverpool or Man United have the same depth right now? As Man City, I think the closest one is Man United. And look what's happening to them. So, um, the questions that are aroused. But for me, I honestly felt sad because I'm seeing a lot of speculation, you know, with a striker that we're going uh, uh, gonna to talk more in the transfers. But seeing yeah. Lukaku there, okay? Yeah. And I think that was like the big reason that Chelsea, the Chelsea fans would say, well, imagine if we had a striker next season. We would be bantering uh man city no doubt liverpool no doubt you got lukaku and it doesn't seem to be the 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 missing piece so it must be so frustrating right now because it seems like they have almost everything but the win (laughs) but but the win and i don't know i'm gonna have to push back on that uh man united uh cohesion i mean i think liverpool still has the coat no 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 i said squad depth squad depth yeah not the oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the tactics sure. no not the team no 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 <laughs> no 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 I'm, no. I'm, I'm, gonna question, I'm gonna question united's depth too i mean hell half that half that bench wants to get the hell out of dodge and probably will sometime soon uh at united but yeah no i'm i'm with you um i just think man city is uh they're a different breed right now um and well, we mentioned it, right? So might as well just go into it with the Man United talk that we saw Ronaldo with a couple of comments saying that 
this generation is not accepting criticism like I did when I was 18. And yeah. it is true. Okay, but it yeah. is different. Okay, Ronald. Okay, it's just like because I feel like this generation has been educated in a way that it's uh, they're they're used to being more exposed and facing criticism much more. So they are more on the defensive side. Look, I'm not saying that is the right way, but this generation is a bit softer accepting criticism, and I think that's a fact. And is it yeah. good? I don't know because the players that maybe are accepting the criticism faster are adapting yeah. and becoming better. So I understand Ronaldo's comments, but it's I guess it's the world we live in. <laughs> I, I mean, it is. There's a there's a, it's it's when Ronaldo was coming up. I'm sure uh, you know Roy Keane was uh, waxing poetic about the 10, 15 years prior. Um, about how you could like take a player's head off and and nobody would nobody would bat an eyelash right at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably calling Cristiano Ronaldo soft back I, in the day. I, I, um, yes, you know. And I don't know. Maybe ten years from now, they're all going to be ballet dancers. Nothing against ballet dancers. Um, and everybody is going to I don't know be incredibly politically correct and uh, whatever. You, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings on the field. Um, I don't know where this is going, but yeah. This seemed like a week for sound bites when it came out of it. You have mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo back and forth. Obviously, you know, we talked a lot about Harry Maguire versus Cristiano Ronaldo last week. Mm-hmm. And you've also got all this transfer talk that's coming to a head, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But it's now getting down to the wire, right? Mm-hmm. It's getting down to the wire where people are conveniently placing sound bites in the media mm-hmm. Um that are either spurring action or inaction on a club's part or on a player's part. Um, and well, I don't, that's just the product of our times. Everything is done through freaking media these days. No, but um, uh, no, but you have to yeah. say too, like Ronaldo is like the work ethic that he puts in, like you got to admire it. And I'll be honest with you, seeing the momentum that Rashford now is in Greenwood is in Martial, even like Martial is in, is in the ruins of his career right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, the urgency that Ronaldo does say that they that he would expect to see, for in his eyes, it's just unrealistic not to have it, and that just shows yeah. the mentality that he has. He just Ronaldo can't comprehend why aren't people working as hard as he does, and that well, is a Mamba elite mentality. Okay, uh, and I gotta say too, I don't want Mason Greenwood to turn out just like Rashford and Martial right now. I don't. I have higher expectations for Mason Greenwood. And I'm sure Christian Ronaldo has those same expectations too. You know what I mean? So... I do. I do. We also have to remember how much of a freak of nature Cristiano Ronaldo is too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you you could be working 99% of Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. uh, And and you probably, you know, he'd probably still yell at you and tell you you can't have dessert. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, So... (laughs) I get you. it's, it's a tough standard because he's he's one in a one in a generation, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that that's that's that you're always going to be left wanting. And these are guys that are still at the upper echelon of footballing, right? Yeah. They are still elite players and or have been elite players, have been in form in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and hell, we know what Marcus Rashford does off the field that just puts him up there with the greats, um, but. But what it comes down to is is you're never gonna you're never gonna reach the echelon of Ronaldo. I mean, hell, 
Portugal, anyone that's played with Cristiano Ronaldo in that Portuguese national team has never reached that level. Well, what ever. do you mean, Pep? What do you mean? Well, yeah, precisely. I mean, he still made mistakes. He's still, you know, like, uh, I, you're telling me Pep has the same physique that Cristiano Ronaldo does? You're telling me that Pep Pep looks like a 28-year-old, 30-year-old in no, terms of... No, no but Pep is... Pep is too... works, what I'm, I'm trying to compliment your boy in this sense. You know, nobody is going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. So what is Cristiano Ronaldo's standards? Well, it's it's, I guess, winning. And for him, I think it's a little naive for him to think he was just going to slot into United and everyone was just going to fall in line. Well, right? I don't want to be that guy, man. But there's two players yeah. that in the Portuguese national team that I, I, I felt I feel like they learned with Ronald. One of them is Pep. The guy's 38, 39, and he's in pretty good shape. And the other player, you know what? I, I thought you knew who I was going to mention. And it's Nani that he was in the MLS. Pretty good shape, my guy. And now it's a Venetia. Like, like the guy with a proper body, man. But I get you, though. Like, with the, with the elite levels. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different breed when Cristiano Ronaldo is talking. And, and in some respects, it almost feels uh, unattainable. True, true. If that makes sense. It feels true. like it feels like the, the, the mom that is never going to give you the love you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get you. And the last thing with Ronaldo, with the Man United talk, is there's a, a lot with these comments comes the hate, too. Of like saying, yeah. oh, like uh, Man United is worse with Ronaldo than they would be without him. All this yeah. chit chat. Man, the truth is, like imagine, just imagine if Ronaldo had the numbers that Messi has in Liga. Just imagine. Yeah. Like the people would be going bold on top of Ronaldo. Yeah. Like going absolutely bonkers on him. So what I have to say is he's, an, he's leading by example, clearly by sure. saying this. And he wants mm -hmm. to change, and he and, and 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 I do believe, I do believe it's they're going to have a fight with Arsenal for that top four. I do believe, mm -hmm. and Tottenham, I do believe, but they'll just have to bounce back, get things sorted. And another thing too, Donny Van de Beek, start the yeah. guy, okay? Ralph Ragnick said it. The game to looked totally different. Donny controlled the game the moment he came on, and it's clear. I think Donny is yeah. here to stay, okay? So. I just, I, I, it felt like this whole week was Ralph Rangnick trying to uh, <laughs> herd, herd his sheep. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I understand Dean Henderson wants to play, but I really need him. And I really need, you know, we have a lot of fixtures coming up. Okay, well, Dean Henderson's going to keep waiting. All right, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> and, and the exact same thing with Donnie Van de Beek. We all said when Ralph Rangnick came in, Donnie Van de Beek was going to be one of the best beneficiaries mm -hmm. of this. And we've been proven wrong so far. Um, but yeah, but every we'll time right. come, <laughs> if we say something long enough, we'll be right about it, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I want to talk now here on the an unfortunate end because I saw the two big time players that I had high expectations this season was one of them, Alfonso Davis. He got yes. a, a heart related issue. I don't, I don't know too in depth, but Obama Young yeah. and Alfonso Davis, man, it's so unfortunate to see like COVID affecting these players like with heart diseases man and I just wanted to say like I didn't I really didn't want to forget because yes I do support Alfonso Davis a lot okay it's not yeah. just Nun Minj Alfonso Davis is a baller man and we I just want to see him in a speedy recovery man because yeah yeah, yeah and I'll, 
I'll say it right now. I mean, you know, not that we should be talking. First off, we hear that it's mild myocarditis. Mm -hmm. So we we hear hopefully that he'll be um, he'll be back soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, I really do hope and I'm I'm pretty positive that Canada will be absolutely fine uh, and on track for World Cup qualification Mm. after this upcoming window. I think, you know, they're probably capable of getting a result against us. Uh, even without Alfonso Davies, bang, uh, you know, banging down the wing and uh, uh, terrorizing our back Jonathan line. David goal. <laughs> but yeah, and Jonathan David too, yeah. But he'll step up, I'm sure. Um, and plus we'll be playing in like negative 55 degree weather in Hamilton, Ontario. Oh so. my days. <laughs> yeah. But Alfonso Davies, I mean, all we can say is get back soon. You know, you've got a long career ahead of you. Just like wait it out, man. If you need another week, get another week. These guys will get it done for you. And uh, yeah. And, you know, Obama Yang, I guess, picked up COVID in in the airport or something like that or or had it and whatever. It was picked up by a test. It's just such a shame. I wanted to see. Yeah. I just want to see him ball out at the at Afcon for for Gabon, and they have a big game I think today or later. Um, but uh, hopefully he gets he gets back to it sooner rather than later. But I don't know, man. Should we head right into Afcon because that seems like a pretty weird. Um, I just wanted to say too about the Rafa position at Everton, guys. I think it's done. Okay, with Norwich not not doing too well, <laughs> not, Everton not doing too well against Norwich. So. I think, guys, expect Rafa Benitez to be out of Everton, okay? Because this ain't moving forward, okay? It's it's more it's more than done. So yeah, I just wanted to to leave that one there. Yeah, I mean, if you if you've lost the locker room, you're it's over. It's over, right? I mean, it does nobody any good for somebody to 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 stick around. Uh, longer than when, when nobody respects him or, or seemingly nobody respects him. I know the fan base certainly doesn't respect him. This isn't the same Rafa Benitez. Uh, True. And, I, and we forgot too to say that Lewandowski got 300 Bundesliga goals registered. Okay. Cause that's a big boy stat. Okay. And yeah. there was another stat too that only since, uh, since his debut in 2008, only. Mm-hmm. Um, Muller has more assists than Lionel Messi. And that is a pretty crazy stat too, man. So, yeah. Very, very crazy. <laughs> and, and if you're going to talk about Lewandowski, Thomas Muller right behind him with, I think he's got 17 assists in the top, like Jeez. by far the leading uh, assist uh, provider um, in the top five leagues this year. And I don't know. It just seems like that man just... It just knows what to do. He, he's he's like he's playing four D chess, and we just we just don't get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, definitely some good uh, honorable stuff from Lewandowski and Mueller, and and you can talk about the Bundesliga all you want, but those guys made the Bundesliga, Bayern's Bundesliga. True. Um, those two made it mm-hmm. um, that way, and uh, and you know it's. It's very impressive to see. So, wow. We fit a lot into that general news section, man. We got, we got like, we threw out Nani to Venezia. We threw out some good stuff in there. I like it. No, but um, AFCON, AFCON. I want to yeah, start anyway. with the AFCON with my man, Vicente Abubakar. That I yeah. remember seeing him when he was at Porto. Okay, already yeah. a fantastic. Uh, he went from striker to winger. Lethal force, okay? The guy is so good. And you can't take the ball off him. That's what I gotta say. But, I was watching the game and he scored like two goals in two minutes. 
Abu yep. Bakar. So yeah. it's wonderful to see. And I see the stats too that he was the first player to score in three consecutive Cameroon games since Samuel Etu in, 20, uh, in 2008. So big okay. up to Vincent Abubakar, man. And yeah. he might be the player that in AFCON looks world class. And when he goes back to clubs, not the same. But it's wonderful to see, man. Really good. I got to ask, uh, where, where is he now? Is he in Russia? <laughs> See, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Actually, don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I I'll, I'll look that. I'll look that up in a second when uh, when I don't know when we're arguing about. But something. Abu Bakar, man, when he, I remember when he was at Porto, he was like. But he has three goals now, two games. Like he four. was really good against Burkina Faso. Four. He's got four goals now. I so, think he's got four goals through two games. Yeah. So he's yeah, big time. I mean, we, we did in our preview. We did talk about Cameroon having the strike force, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see. You know, I, we'll see once they get out of the group whether or not they can do that against a Algeria or a Morocco or a uh, whoever. But four goals through two games. I think Carl Toko Akambe also had two in that game, that most recent game. So Cameroon host nation mm-hmm. looking pretty good. Um, but I got a, you know, that's a positive. Actually, you know what? I'll go with another positive here. Mm. No Hakim, uh, Ziyech yes. for Morocco, right? No yes. problem for Morocco. Morocco has two wins, two games, uh, three goals. They haven't conceded any. Um, and just a couple names we got to throw out there. Obviously everybody that's listened to this channel, we all, we always talk about Akraf Hakimi. Um, but there are some other non wonder kid names that like a Salima Mala, Sofian mm-hmm. Buffal has looked Buffal very so good. good. Oh, yes. yes. So, I mean, come on that first game, they beat Ghana. Mm-hmm. Not, not bad. Second game, they shut out the Camoros. Okay. Probably expected. And then they have Gabon, um, soon. And, and I think it's going to be a, uh, Obama Yang less Gabon mm. that they're playing. So I, I expect them to go three for three and um, no Zayek, no problem. They're going to be in the next round and uh, probably one of the dangers. And, and it, Morocco definitely no, picking up form and Morocco haven't lost uh, in six matches in the AFCON. So this is actually their biggest, their biggest run, longest run. Okay. Yeah. So they have five wins and one draw. So, they are the, the pace is with the momentum is with Morocco. So longest run. So let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, uh, I gotta throw out for every for every good thing, for every good first, there's gonna be a bad first here. <laughs> um, so are you ready for this? This is my this is my good bad segment. Uh, here's the good. First woman referee to lead a match mm-hmm. at AFCON. 33-year-old Rwandan, yes. uh, I think her name is Salima uh, Mukinsanga, and, uh, you know, that's pretty amazing um, from all for all intents and purposes, so yeah. much so that you and I as men, we can't even process it, but it is pretty damn awesome that that happened. Okay, that's the good. That's the good. Uh, and we is, hope to see more. Is the negative you know, related to Tunisia? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, Tunisia Mali. Come on, that's a bad look all around. That made... That made CONCACAF refereeing look... Um, Memeulous. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to recap it or should I recap no. it? Because here's what... Okay. Here's what's happened. I'm not going to name the guy's name because he has a he, has, he probably has a family. Um, but long story short, he, he blew for full time. Okay. He blew for the final whistle at 85 minutes. Blew for the final whistle at 85 minutes. Okay. He then realized his mistake. I don't know if he like 
forgot to start his watch or whatever. <laughs> he realized his mistake. He restarted the game. And then he sent off a player. VAR showed that the, the player probably should not have been sent off. But whatever, he stuck with it anyway. So both teams were down as whatever. Uh, and then VAR obviously making it all controversial. You've got all these, both of these teams, Tunisia and Mali, really pissed off at him. He upheld, upholds his call. And then he blows the final whistle again. 30 seconds before he should have. Not even 30 seconds before he should have. 30 seconds before extra time. When there totally should have been extra time because there were two VAR reviews in the half. And there were there was a water break. Which at least adds, I mean, at least add a minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever. But you're not blowing it two times too early. And then after the fact, the poor guy, um, I guess the cover story here is uh, that he had heat stroke and severe dehydration. So if that's true, I hope he's recovering well. Um, but do I think he should referee a game again if he's not hydrating properly? <laughs> no. so. The big question is, was he hydrating properly? <laughs> So that's the question, right? Days, man. How is it possible for this to happen in such a big tournament, man? You know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. the what what's the the nomination of the referees? Like, what's the criteria of them? Like, and what's the prepping uh, before the uh, competition? Like, oh man, that was insane. And that was that was that was very. very it, I didn't watch it live, but I was yeah. seeing the reaction on Twitter. People were going, they couldn't believe it. And honestly, I thought it was a meme or something that was happening, seeing the cart in. Oh, my days, I couldn't. So AFCON is going pretty well. <laughs> it's going pretty well. And then I, I just want to mention to an underrated player in AFCON that I'm, guys, watch out. It's Muretu Kasama, okay? Yeah. Four key passes, three, drib- three out of four dribbles, man. He is an underrated player that we are going to talk more forwards in the episode with the underrated 11. But I really yep. wanted to put it out there. Remember the name, guys. Muretu Kesama. Okay. Yeah. And Phenomenal. And I'll, throw out a name as, I'll throw out a name as, uh, as well. Um, Mohamed Kamara for Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's their goalkeeper. And uh, he kept Algeria to a 0-0 stalemate in their first game. And uh, my God, did he stand on his head. Uh, I think he had something like nine saves, eight saves inside the box. He was all over the place. And what was even cooler is when he was accepting the man of the match award, he broke down. Like he was crying with how you know honored Beautiful. he was. It had to happen. And Sierra Leone has kind of like a, well, there's an MLS connection there. A, a guy that is like a, a legend in Major League Soccer. He's like one of 10 that have scored 100 plus goals in, you know, a 20, I guess, what, 1996, 25 year history for MLS, uh, but Kai Kamara plays for Sierra Leone. So I've always had this added, like, you know, you, I, I want to watch and see Sierra Leone do really well. Um, mm-hmm. And this guy, Mohamed Kamara, is one you're going to have to watch in the future because keeping Algeria scoreless, that's pretty good for I, a goalkeeper. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. I saw the result and I was like, what happened over here, man? Like, that exactly. was insane. Like, keeping Algeria, with, which they're, like, in a 30-game run without losing like no goals like i agree what a story Bretton. that's a phenomenal what mentioned so guys if there's anything in the afcon we haven't mentioned please put down below in the comment section okay and let's have a good chat like good results players we haven't mentioned anything put down below okay so wonder kids news okay we got to start with the nico williams talk man because like I, yeah. I, I know you, I know you, you knew I had to mention that because that was 
huge, like beating. Like that was the result against Atletico. Oh my days, beautiful moment. Subbed in, 10 minutes, gets the goal, get, buries it in. Nico Williams in, embracing his brother, Inaki Williams, seeing the manner in the stands. Oh my days, I loved it. I loved have it. You, have you read up on that story at all in terms of um, their mother? Uh, no. <laughs> she, she, uh, she apparently, you know, walked through the, the, the Saharan desert, um, to, to get to essentially a refugee camp. And there's a whole lot more, you know, color to that situation in terms oh. of, um, you know, uh, finding her way somehow to the Basque region, right. <laughs> to, to, uh, to athletic Bilbao, which only plays Basque players. <laughs> yes. She was pregnant with a Naki. I mean, if all I'm saying is, without going into it, that that moment there mm-hmm. of Anaki uh, celebrating with his youngest brother uh, Nico, yeah. looking into the stands to their mother, I mean that just had a, just a, an amazing weight to it that you and I probably will never understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I I implore everybody if you get a chance, uh, go look. I forget who wrote it, but go. Um, Go look at that story and and definitely bring it up. It's totally worth a read, and it just makes you love love those two even more, uh, the Williams brothers. But I, I think we're gonna have to. That's a nice podcast topic one day. We're gonna have to list like top footballing brothers or something well, uh, because they're they're rapidly getting up there. You have Bender, like the the Sven Bender, and then you have now coming up Jove and Jude Bellinga. So we got a couple of. Bro- I remember when I was a kid, I used to love like how how similar they were. It was Fabio and Rafael and Man United. Like you couldn't tell them apart. No, you could yeah. playing. You could playing definitely because I remember Rafael was was a bit more. <laughs> I would. But, Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, and, I, and we, we can't remember we, or, I'm sorry, we can't forget the upcoming uh what? Jao Felix and uh Ugo? Uh, uh, Felix. Yes, yes, yes. That's <laughs> yeah. a good mention too. That's a, and they play in the same position. So oh. <laughs> That would that would be interesting too. So yeah. That, yeah. All right. Well, that that's a good one to start the Wonder Kids in the news and and yeah, so for those that don't know, uh Bilbao will play Real Madrid in the mm-hmm. final. Um, and I know you were you were live for that. I was in the chat section, and, and that was a whole lot of fun um, for that Real Madrid Barcelona Clasico. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, if we're talking about Wonder Kids in the news, um, I, I mean, we, we probably I don't know. It straddles transfers mm-hmm. too. But like, come on, Erling Holland had a. This is news in and of itself. He had a two-game streak of not scoring a goal. Okay, mm. that's an issue. I'm, I'm. This is a joke. It's a joke. I'm. I'm bad at making jokes. But uh, he had. Two, yeah, he had two games where he didn't score a goal, and then he scored two goals um, in in the Bundesliga game uh, midweek, or I'm sorry, yesterday, Friday. Um, and I just need to bring this up. The guy has 78 goals in 77 games mm-hmm. since joining Borussia Dortmund. And I don't know. You know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but we cannot normalize that stat. That stat is absolutely unreal. And the only reason we can even minorly normalize that stat is because Robert Lewandowski has been doing it as well. Um, But but, it's just so crazy to me now that 78 goals in 77 games, there is no way this man is going to Barcelona. There is no way they can pay for him. (laughs) 
Well, let's see. <laughs> it's uh, well, Barcelona. Like I, I really think they're the they're the the first. They're in pole position to get Holland. In my opinion, I'm... they're in pole position because they are obviously going to sell big players, including yeah. Frankie De Jong. That's the names that they will sell to get Holland, yeah. and it's understandable. But with the Wonder Kids, man, I gotta speak about a kid that is killing it at Palmeiras, man, and. I saw the tape and I couldn't believe it. A 15-year-old ripping everyone named Hendrick, guys, okay? It's Palmeiras, okay? This kid, I don't know if you've seen the tape, Skiller. Like, it's not even Skiller. He's like swagging. He's floating in that pitch, man. Palmeiras, 15 years old, forward Hendrick, guys. Really, watch out. He has 170 games already for in yeah. Palmeiras Youth Games. And 167 goals, man. Those stats. I know it's academy stats, but still. 15 years old. And people are at Palmeiras fans already expect to see him in the first team next season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that just speaks how good this kid is. Hendrik, okay? Ford, yeah. watch out, guys. Yeah, and um, you can you can find a little bit of a uh, hype video of his highlights on Palmeiras, uh, their TikTok. Um, he's, he's on there as well. Maybe you can stitch your audio, um, to their video uh, on TikTok, but yeah, he, he looks every bit the real deal. And, uh, Palmeiras just seems to do it yeah. like year in and out just seems to give the platform to, to the young ones to come through. And it's, it's really cool to see, but he is one that is gaining a lot of steam. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we can't forget like the ones above that, right? Like mm-hmm. the Mateus uh, Nascimento. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, Very but they, there's, a, there's a bunch of young Brazilian strikers. I mean, we know this. Uh, Angelo it's Gabriel. At Cent- yeah. Angelo Gabriel too, guys. I really expect yeah. him to have a move yeah. soon. Like yeah, he, like Angelo Gabriel, like Mateus Nascimento too. He's a, he's, he's the, if you don't, if you guys don't know too much about Mateus Nascimento, he's the traditional number nine. You can see he, the movements, a bit lanky, but very good skilling. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a very good shout. But Angelo Gabriel is the one that I expect to see coming to Europe very, very, very soon. Very yeah, soon. Yeah, that's, that's a good shout. Well, if uh, I'm going to stay on the, in the Western Hemisphere for a okay. second, okay? Um, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, you probably didn't because there's no real reason for you to. But um, The draft. You remember, you remember a certain name, Freddie Adu, right, oh, back in the day? Yes. Okay, he was, he was signed as a 14-year-old, and that was like, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago, something like that. I mean, this guy was so hyped up, so overhyped, it, it hurt his career. Uh, but he, he had, like, promos with Pele. He had promos. For the World Cup, I mean, <laughs> Benfica showed like a couple cool things, but really ended up doing nothing. Anyway, long story short, Real Salt Lake, okay, they just got new ownership, um, good, very good ownership, um, and they just went on a signing through their academy binge, so giving senior team contracts, homegrown contracts, um, to five players, seventeen years old and younger, and one of them, one of them broke Freddie Adu's. Youngest ever to get a contract record. Um, and that was, and this is a name you have to watch, Axel Kai. Uh, he's 14 years old, 14 years, 15 days old. So he breaks Freddie Adu's record by like a half a year. And all I can say is, first off, this kid is is very, very good for his age. He does not look his age. He looks like Lukaku, Lukaku did at 14 years old. <laughs> um, or Mukoko did at 14 years old. But 
I've just got to say is I hope that they defend him. I hope that they guard him mm-hmm. and I hope that they bring him through as slow as they need to, to, to make it happen. But um, for, from those that I've spoken to, um, you know, Axel Kai is somebody that you're gonna, you're gonna want to watch out for. Um, and even, yeah, even above that, there's a kid named um, Jude, Jude Wellings, not Jude Bellings, but Jude Wellings is another kid out of Real Salt Lake that just got a homegrown contract. Who's 15. Um, that everybody's pretty hyped about. So and Axel Kai, what's what's what do you think? Like, I'm not gonna say the ceiling, but do you expect him like to go to like Bundesliga, like 14, maybe 17? You don't know. We have to wait and see, right? Well, here's you no. Know, his contract situation. Normally, the homegrown deals are like three years with an option. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason, I believe his was reported as only two years. Mm. So. What that what that leads me to believe is that Real Salt Lake does more developing with him with him, and then it sounds like there's probably a European club hmm. um, that, that's off in the wings that might have first right of refusal that we don't know about. I might be making stuff up, um, but Axel Kai is going to be one. Um, very clearly, people are are watching him. Um, I just hope that this doesn't get to him, that they keep it on the down low, uh, which we don't help in doing that. Uh, but he, he should, for all intents and purposes, uh, I think develop pretty well in this this new Major League Soccer. Back when Freddie Adu was around, nobody nobody had the infrastructure to to bring a guy along as talented as Freddie Adu was at, at his age. You love so. to see it. And I'll be honest with you, not a lot of 14-year-olds are known in football. <laughs> so the fact that a kid is getting good recognition at 14, man, like that's a big up on him. But I'll talk about a player now. Just a quick stat, and I loved the fact that the, he played, and it's the Liverpool yeah. wonder kid, Kane Gordon. Okay, he became the second young, youngest goal scorer in LFC history, man. And I just want to say this: I I expect Kane Gordon in two three years to be a solid, solid player at Liverpool, yeah. okay? I have, not that I have doubts with Curtis Jones, but I think Curtis Jones ha- can be a bit passive on the pitch. But Harvey Elliott and Kane Gordon, those are two LFC youngsters. Uh, I, I really believe that they are gonna, they're going to be gonna, gonna be effective and they're going to be in the Liverpool squad for sure. But Curtis uh, Jones, I'm like, yeah. I'm having... I'm having doubts, you know, in terms of like, is he going to be a starter for five, ten years? Mm, you know? Yeah. I, I, uh, that injury, it, mm-hmm. since he's come back, he hasn't been like... I, I, your worry for Curtis Jones makes me worried for Harvey Elliott when he gets back, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I look at it. Yes. Like these are, these are guys that Curtis Jones had a swagger uh, previous to him getting injured that, that he doesn't... He hasn't gotten back yet, yeah. and uh, and we'll see. But Cade Gordon um, has been he, he's he's been phenomenal within that within that setup, and, and he was even he was even highly touted when he was Dar- when it was Darby County, yes. right? That was developing with him, and and that's Rooney very in the mud. <laughs> Rooney in the mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I like that shout, man. Cade, Cade Gordon, uh, him scoring that goal, um, and I have. Yeah, I- I have another yeah. stat that I wanted to say too in the Wonder Kids news that for me yeah. is absolutely crazy, and it's a Saka stat. Yeah, Arsenal fans, you're getting excited about this, but Saka has already scored against Man, uh, has already scored and assisted Saka against Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester, and West Ham at the age of twenty. 
at the age of 20. So, if you want more guarantees, Saka gives them, okay? With a goal or an assist against these teams, man. It's it's fantastic, man. It's It was just yeah. so crazy. I had to mention it. I had to mention yeah. it. I think I think to add on to that, um, that Arsenal Liverpool Carabao Cup. Thank you, Granite Chaka, for um, <laughs> running the rest of your teammates into the ground. Uh, oh, but, uh, but but Bukayo Saka, I mean Gabriel Martinelli, like the shift that he put in mm-hmm. um, in that game. Uh, all, all the Arsenal young kids. Uh, but Enkidia, really- like Chaka yeah. getting the getting that red card. Like, made Enketia get the sub. And Lacazette was out there speaking to Enketia. He was so down, man. And you have to feel sorry for him. Because Enketia scored a hat-trick in the previous fixture against Sunderland. And now was the time to play against the big boy team of Liverpool. And that happens, man. Yeah, I agree with you. It it sucks. But, hey, they... uh... They have every bit the chance, right? Mm-hmm. They have every bit the chance in the second leg. So uh, that was a hell of a performance by them. And and True. like you said, yeah, Saka is the leader of the bunch, and it's uh, it's great to see. And um, to end off the Wonder Kids in the news, I know he's not really a Wonder Kid, but I just have to say how uh, how much of a boss uh, Ronaldo Rajo is. Um, yes. Not even a full week since he had what screws installed for like a broken hand <laughs> or something to stabilize a fracture and the guys back on the field in the Barca lineup. And, uh, you know, this goes beyond footballing. It's, it's the warrior, uh, mentality that I'm sure Xavi wants back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that any club would pay handsomely for, including maybe Real Madrid, who knows? Uh, but <laughs> Ronaldo the Rajo, I mean, that, that is, that is certainly something I would never do. I'd be sitting there eating the jello in the hospital, taking my time, you know, uh, but no, I was very, very uh, impressed, if not surprised that, that his, I, I get it. It's his hand, but you fall on that hand, man. That's going to hurt. <laughs> Fox, and uh, he's a big dude, man. So, like, big dude. so if there's anything guys that we haven't mentioned in the wonder kids use and we forgot, please put down in the comment section below. And yeah, we like to have a good chat about wonder kids. So yeah, please feel free to do so. Now, transfers, you were talking about Holland, man. Like, we got to talk, because that's the big boy transfer. Because I, I texted you straight away saying, like, yeah. you see what Fabrizio Romano said. You see what Fabrizio said. Yeah. He's leaving in January, and we all know why, right? Like, yeah. I was saying, you know, we all know why Dortmund wants to sell him in January instead of the summer. It's about the big boy money, because release clause in, in the summer no, no release clause in January. So right. I'm expecting who was happy about this was clearly Man City. Okay. Like the team that was happy, the, the most happy about a deal for Holland is Man City. The teams yeah. that must have been mm, pretty nice. Chelsea, even with Lukaku being there, the whole situation is not looking too good. So Holland, Chelsea, then and Holland, Juve too. Because. Juve and Raiola is, is they have a phenomenal relationship, both clubs, and I could see that happening for Holland because Juve do, do need a star, an icon of forwards, and Chiesa's now got that ACL injury, so I do think that Juventus will be pushing too hard to get Holland. But the team that I think is going to get him, I think it's Barcelona, Breton. I think Barcelona are going to get him. I think I. They, they just had to rearrange. They had to rearrange the deck chairs just to get Ferrari. You know, like you, you're gonna have to see a mass exodus in January. And yes. like I said, it's too hard. It's too hard to sell these players 
at cut rates for whatever. I mean, the I young, you're going to have to sell your best players. And yes. at that point, you're going to cannibalize your yes. best players. You mentioned it. I think Barcelona, if if Barcelona have the chance to get Erling Haaland, I think they're yeah. going to sell Frankie de Jong on the dot. I really think that will happen. And this is the best thing. If we sell, if we see news of Barcelona selling Frankie, we pretty we know why now. We we know why now because they have Nico there, they have Gavi there, and I'll be honest, the Barcelona team looked double better with Pedri in midfield when he came on. Okay, the yeah. the Barca midfield looked so much better. So I think Frankie leaving is something that would be acceptable if Holland were to come in. Therefore. I, I I honestly think that there there is a possibility. There is a possibility. A lot of anticipation for this decision for sure. But yeah. just imagine. Torres, sorry. Yeah. I mean there's just there's only so many teams that are gonna sign him. You know, that can sign him. But, um but just imagine Ferran Torres, Fati and Holland, and behind him Gavi and Pedri and Nico. That is beautiful. Beautiful. It is, but it ain't going to win anything in a couple years. Uh, 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 that's not, I think if they had that front trio, I believe La Liga could be in discussion. Uh, you uh, don't? You you don't? Uh, no, no. I mean, I think we're we're looking at a very limited range of uh, what data points, right? So far True. for the Gavi and all them, and and to play a fifty. Mm. 55, 60 games in a season, we saw what happened to Pedri and how long he was out Ooh. after he played, like, you know, a, a whole lot more than that. But um, it, these, are, these are young guys that, that if they don't go through growing pains with this, True. if they don't go through periods of, of crappy form, um, then then they're superhuman. And I don't think I don't think that that's the case. I really don't think that that's the case. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's going to take longer. I mean, Holland's obviously going to get you there faster, mm -hmm. uh, but you could also cannibalize um, your fiscal responsibility uh, in doing so. Uh, not that Barcelona has given two craps about that in the past. Exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I know. I understand. I, I, I understand. Either City or Madrid for me. City or Real. Real, man. If it was, if it's Real, honestly, uh, if if Real Madrid get Holland, Mbappe. Yeah. Rudiger in a window that's just broken. That is just broken, and that replicates Kaká, Benzema, Ronaldo a bit. A bit, no, yeah, totally in today's it. day. Like what? Yeah, you don't want Galacticos 2.0, right? You, oh, you don't want that. I, I, mean, I, I would prefer to have a strong Barcelona team and a strong Real Madrid team because I already see Vinicius Junior at Real Madrid and just thinking the fact that they'll add Vini, Haaland, Mbappe. Like we are we are out here, me and you, Bretson, saying the future of the Ballon d'Or is Haaland and Mbappe. And in discussion right now is maybe Vinicius. So the player yeah. that we even say that maybe can be in discussion is in the team. That would be it's monopolizing football a bit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> but the weird thing is like most of the most of the transfer talk I've seen recently mm -hmm. uh has been less uh, obviously the Holland news was very different. The the quotes that have come out, him saying that the, the club is pressuring him to yes. make, a, make a decision now. Um but I've also then been hearing this dual thing um where Alvaro Morata happens to be like the top uh striker transfer target for 
Barcelona, <sighs> you know, and, and Fabrizio Romano is, has reported on such and, and said that, that that's still very much a, a Chavi thing. So I don't know, man, mm. this, is, this is interesting. But why don't we talk about the ones that are definite, yep. right? The ones that <laughs> Because we got to talk about how funny throwing out 30 million euros for Chris Wood <laughs> is. Right? Genius. Uh, it can be a genius play, though, Bretton, right? Because who are Newcastle going against? To the relegation battle, it's against Burnley. And fun fact, I saw the rumors to replace Chris Wood at Burnley. It's Andy Carroll. Like, what? Like, this, you can't even invent this. Like, you, I, I couldn't. Like, how? Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, well, well, here's the funny thing is, like, with Chris Wood gone and starting for Newcastle mm -hmm. um, today, uh, we're recording this on a Saturday, which is not normal. Um, <laughs> But with Chris Wood gone and leading Burnley scorer uh, Maxwell Cornet, remember the Lyon yes. Ivory Coast uh, winger, uh, he's at AFCON. Uh, Burnley's leading scorer is literally their center back. <laughs> okay. Um, but I do have to say this. I do have to Jeez. say this. Chris Wood, a Kiwi, right? Chris mm -hmm. Wood uh, has is a Premier League vet, uh, kind of fits the bill for like a Karen Trippier. You're overspending literally to try and destroy a relegation opponent. <laughs> Um, but he is an elite company in a stat. You ready for this? Mm. He is one of only seven Premier League players to score 10 or more in the last four seasons consecutively. What? Okay. Chris Wood is up there. He's up there with Harry Kane. He's up there with Jamie Vardy. He's up there with Mo Salah and Damn. Son, I think. Son Heung-min? Yeah, I think so. So Chris Wood, uh, you know, has shown for a crappy team that he can get on the end of, you know, some pretty damn good crosses and and whatnot um so he can do a lot of work on his own even on an island and uh but 30 million euros whew. i think i think newcastle th this is the funny part for me because i think newcastle weren't even expecting to sign uh chris wood like he wasn't even in the short list the story is that the agents of chris wood are the same agents of kieran trippier And uh, really? yeah, yeah, and they were like, "Oh, Chris Wood has a, a release clause of like uh, as a secret release clause that nobody knows. It's undisclosed." And yeah, Sean Dyke knew the day after that Chris Wood was out and got bonkers because he was like, "How can we let him go?" And yeah, it was the, this all happened supposedly because Kieran Trippier's agents said in the meeting that yeah. Chris Wood has a good release clause too. Would you mind to sign him? That's crazy, right? <laughs> that is oh my, crazy, that's next right? level. That is next level. But it's being well, in the Chris new. Wood. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Wood. All right. Chris Wood just got his payday. And, you know, good, but, good for him. Uh, and hopefully, I, I still think Newcastle's going down so far. Uh, well, yes. Here we go. Yes, but. Just tied him up. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, but this talk still is to sign other players. And I do fully expect Newcastle to sign three players more. I think three is a good number. Trippier, Wood, and three more. And yep. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them was Diego Carlos because the push is real. And I'll be honest with you, if Newcastle get Diego Carlos, they straight away have a top five center back in the Premier League. In my opinion. And that is bonkers. Because the latest bid that they've, they've given is 30 million. But Diego Carlos has a release clause of 70. This meaning 
they're gonna push 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 more yeah. until the end of january so i expect their cars to join newcastle for 40 to 50 million range but my days man that is the that's a quality signing quality it, it, it signing. and you're actually you're you're like stealing my thunder because he's um <laughs> He's on a certain eleven. We're gonna we're gonna end this podcast. With. Oh, damn! Yeah. But I, but it's Sven Botman though. It's him or yeah. Sven Botman? Like Sven. Well, Bot- I, I know, or both, or both somehow. Um, but but yeah, Diego Carlos. Uh, I first off, it's disrespectful to come in with thirty million to start. <laughs> I one, agree. Uh, based on how how solid he has been for Sevilla, if not overly aggressive sometimes. But I agree. He is, he is one hell of a player. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that would do a whole lot. I just, I I get it. Money, money talks, money talks. And I'm not, I'm not doing these, these contract whatevers, but, uh, you know, come on. Sevilla is not really out of La Liga title range yet. Like they've played Mm -hmm. phenomenally well so far this year in La Liga. They have a chance to win Europa League again. They've already won it with Diego Carlos at the back. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just kind of mind blowing to me that, a relegation threatened team that is just throwing money at the wall. He does have a low salary, low yes. salary yeah. uh, at Sevilla. Um, so who knows? Maybe they're just using these uh, these 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 media talks for him to get himself a uh, a nice raise. At well, Sevilla. the thing with Sevilla is Monchi, like right, like because they're gonna sell him for forty fifty, and Monchi's gonna sign a substitute for ten twenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe yeah. two, three players. So I see. I saw that they got Corona for three million. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. is bargain right there, man. Bargain safety, sorry. That guy's but, got a lot left, and I know you know him well, right? Because he oh, was what? Porto? Yes, Porto yes. And he he wasn't playing because Luis Diaz was there. And because of confidence, you know, when a player doesn't get the contract he wants last year, it's always a struggle. Only if he's a really extreme, really good professional. Like, it's it's hard not to play with your emotions. And Corona being – he's a, a Mexican player. You know, South America hey, – like, hey, Central American hey, players hey, love to – Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. The Monchi yeah. getting $3 million for Corona, that, that was a, a bargain, bargain deal. So – yeah, yeah, I got to say it. So let's go for a talk that Arsenal fans would want to see because we're mentioning sure. Holland, this, Holland, that. Like, truth is, ha- Holland ain't saying he's going to Arsenal, but someone is giving the availability to go to Arsenal, baby, and that is Dusan Vlahovic. Is it yeah. going to happen, Breton? Yes or no? Uh, Do you reckon it will? Um. Uh. <laughs> You don't want to say no, because I'll be honest with you, I'm more inclined to the yes, finally. All these weeks, I've been a no-no for Vlahovic with Arsenal, but I don't know why. 60 million and Torreira, plus 300k a week in pounds after tax, that is a lot of money. And I think that is a pretty good deal for Fiorentina. So It, it, It is. It it absolutely is a good deal, and and I think it's the same same uh, ultimatum Holland was given, Vlahovic was also given recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to know sooner rather than later. I can't see it stretching beyond January, but mm-hmm. it's I don't know, I don't know. It, I, it doesn't it just doesn't feel like there's been any progress 
um, for mm-hmm. it actually to get done. Um, but we know these things come fast and furious, um, as basically everybody that was tracking <laughs> Lucas Dina, um, yes. as of late and is falling out at Everton, uh, that happened really quickly. Once the, once the Aston Villa rumors started, boom, he was in an Aston Villa shirt looking happy as a clam. Like, so, and, and what a deal for Aston Villa too, right, Bretson? Like, Lucas Digne, that, like, yeah. that, do, do you feel like right now, if they're getting Digne, Coutinho, maybe Bisuma, I saw news about that. Like, they are eyeing up for their European spots. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, that'd be, that'd be ambitious and, and, and certainly possible if they can get everybody meshed. That's the thing. That's the mm. thing here. Um, you know, I don't think Dina plays in a way where he's not going to be able to slot in there, but like Matt target wasn't exactly terrible for them. I agree. Right. I agree. The left. I think Maddie cash is pretty underrated at right back. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's just how well these guys can mesh. Cause Coutinho is a, he's, he's a different player. He's a different <laughs> player. It's, it's going to be really interesting. And then you still have Wendy. You still have Leon Bailey. Like these guys have not transitioned yet and meshed yet in this team and um i'll be interested to see if there's a lagging period uh before they really start kind of but you 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 mentioned well man matikash is mad underrated man he he even chose poland right he's playing for poland like yeah he hasn't played well for them yet he hasn't played well for them yet (laughs) but uh but he is him at villa and in previous previous to that uh why am i forgetting where he was previous to that but that's it's, Nottingham Forest. He was at Nottingham Forest, and mm. just just a really really solid player, like constantly at the top of most statistical categories, always moving. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's for a different day. But yeah, so many different transfers, dude. Then so and, many good ones. True, and th- then we have two that you have two many two that is being big, highly linked to a Man United mm-hmm. and to a Liverpool move. And if yeah. Chua is being linked to Man United, we all know why. It's Ralph yeah. Ragnick the reason why, man. And I'll be honest with you, Pogba can go. Pogba can go if Chua comes. I'm honest. I'm honest. He's, he, I'm not saying he's the same level, but he's yeah. younger, and he would stay and he would give it all for Man United, in my opinion. So, and going with that, Pogba, is it going to be PSG? Juventus, I saw Barcelona and Real, but I honestly more getting again more inclined with the Juve deal coming back to Juve. Pogba coming yeah, back I mean, to Juve. They're trying to offload Arthur, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a big, exactly. obviously not as big as uh, Paul Pogba is. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, I, I'd love it. I mean, Pogba, Pogba, McKenny, because I don't. Think- <laughs> But McKinney has been their best player as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would love for McKinney to even get even, like, I don't know, 10% of the, the, the sauce Paul Pogba can give him. Um, so, I don't know. I, that does sound pretty logical to me. Um, he wants to go to a place where he knows he can thrive. And um, I just hope that for him. I do. I just want to see him playing again. There's... A... I feel like I feel you. I feel you. Pogba playing with confidence, playing with emotion, with passion. Pogba just looks different, and yeah, we all want to see that for Le Bleu. The World he Cup pl- year. The World Cup year. So he's, he's exactly. got to get his. I, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The World Cup year. So I just wanted to end up the transfers with one note that I saw. This is I know. Okay, uh, Wolves always signs Portuguese players. Blah blah blah. But Wolves today 
okay, signed a Sturil winger that is mad underrated. And guys, really remember the name. His name is Chiquinho, okay? He's from Sturil, uh, Sturil here in Portugal. Winger, mad skills, can as an end product, and he will play for Wolves. And he's got a body, okay? He went from Chiquinho, if you're Portuguese, you know what I mean, Chiquinho, to Chiquinho, to big guy. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, watch out, okay? Chiquinho from now Wolves. He just went to in- Wolves. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, what well, a transfer. What yeah, a transfer. Really pepping up as of late. It's been fun to watch. Jose saw with another big game versus Southampton today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and they don't even have Pedro Neto back. I mean, once you get these guys back, Wolves could kick on. They could keep going. <laughs> yes. um, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to watch out. And, and uh, the only Chiquinho I knew was was the one that we were back and forth with, uh, who was at Benfica. Yeah. Still is probably trying to find a, another club or was it? <laughs> Maybe yeah. on loan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I so, uh, hope this one, this one does better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're talking about Estoril. Um, I know you've already let the cat out of the bag about who my starting center back is in, in the underrated 11. Uh, he was also at Estoril, right, Diego Carlos? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure on that. But I do okay. I do know he passed through, uh, not Estoril, but the Portuguese league. Yes, yes, okay. yes. But I know Diego Costa was at like Penafiel and Braga, like mad scenes. You, you, there is a couple of players that you, you go see and they were in Portugal and you say, what? What? Yeah. So, yeah. Diego Costa, I think that was one that was pretty shocked. So, guys, if there's any other transfer we haven't mentioned, uh, please feel free and put down below in the comment section, okay? And yeah, let's get to the last topic. And this is the this is an anticipated one for me and Bretton because we always yeah. say, "Oh, we're gonna do this one day. We're gonna do this one day." Now we're doing it, and it's the underrated eleven. Okay, this yep. season. So, you want to start, Bretton? Yeah, you know what I do. I, I feel I feel prepared for this one. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm going to start because I, I think the goalkeeper is going to rankle some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to start with my goalkeeper, and then I want to hear yours. Okay. All right, most underrated players so far this season. Okay, mm-hmm. goalkeeper. I'm going to go with David De Gea, Manchester ah! United. How do you feel about that? What? How do you feel? First instinct. No. I, I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> it totally should be expected, right? It totally should be expected uh, not to be in the underrated, but beyond the underrated. But my God, I mean, the amount of times he's saved them so far this season, uh, I do feel he he's, True. don't get me wrong, he's made, he's made some big mistakes in the United shirt over the last several seasons. Mm-hmm. He absolutely has. Um, but with, with kind of the mess that's been around him this season, uh, I, I'm pretty sure if you look at the stats, he's he's kept a few out that mm-hmm. has kept United in games. Um, and I really do feel like he's he's kind of approaching that underrated territory, at least for this season. Um, maybe not all time, uh, but we'll see if it lasts. We'll see if it lasts. <laughs> but I do feel he, because he's at such a high profile club, because there's so many so much expectation mm-hmm. behind him. Um, calling him underrated seems a little unfair, uh, but he, he's just, he's been very good, very okay. good for United so far this season. So that's true. And, and I do agree with you that people are overlooking how good he's been. I agree with you. And they'd be much worse without Ronaldo than they get. I agree with you for sure. So I'm going to say my keeper over here and look, 
I think, you know what, straight away when I say this sentence, you'll know. He's the reason why Messi won a Copa America. (laughs) It's Emiliano Martinez, man. This guy, in my opinion, is a top five goalkeeper in form in the world. He is ridiculous. And it's ridiculous that Arsenal let him go to... Aston Villa for such a cheap fee, man. <laughs> too. I got to say that too. Top-notch deal by Aston Villa. And yeah, he is the most underrated keeper, in my opinion, in the world. But the talk was between him. I had a tough one. Between him and Jose Because Jose like he's yeah. not even the number one in the Portuguese national team. Jose yeah. is mad underrated too. I got to say that. So let's go, Jose <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and and as I saw, probably should have been our our both of our picks just based on how much <laughs> he punched above his weight since coming into the Premier League. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been like the transition; like, there's been not even one one howler, not even one issue with I him agree. where he's on goal. I mean, he's he's been nothing but Wolves' best line of defense uh, mm-hmm. as it stands. Um, but yeah, I, I the only reason I picked De Gea over him too um, was just simply because of the mess that's been in front of him. <laughs> Um, and, and what he's done, uh, regardless. So, okay. uh, now those are all, all very good shouts. Um, so okay. you want me to start now on the defenders? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So on the defender side, I have a four, three, three tactic just to say. And so my four defenders, I got, I'm going to go at the left this time. I'm going to go with Rafael Krud <laughs> because I okay. do think Rafael Krud is underrated. Then Philippe. Godin and Joaquin Mele. Okay, those are Joaquin Mele. So I, so at the left, Rafael Kred, Philippe, Godin, and Joaquin Mele. I like it. I like it. Mele, Mele is really pepped up as of late at uh, Atalanta. So I'm, I've, I've been very glad to see that Philippe is, Philippe has been very solid. Although I picked a different Lali center back. Um, I don't know. I mean, which one out of those four? Who would you say is the most underrated? Uh, who, who, who could you, sorry, sorry. Out of those four, out of your back line, who would you say, which defender is the most mm, underrated? I'd say because of w- w- what they've done, I'd say Godin. Because Godin okay. like went top, top levels. But I have to say too, Rafael Kred is pretty underrated in the world spectrum, man. Because I've seen Rafael Kred playing in midfield at a high level and playing at a really good level at left back too. For the national yeah. team. Because there was a time that Portugal didn't have left backs. And Rafael Kred came in as a savior, I remember. So yeah. And set pieces. That guy is ridiculous, too, in set pieces. So, yeah, do you think, uh, do you think Nuno, Nuno Mendes is a poster of Rafael Guerrero on his wall? <laughs> no, he doesn't. I think Rafael... No, I'm joking. I won't say that. But <laughs> but Nuno Mendes, he, he will start. He's going to be the left back for Portugal, man. But... Yeah, he's but he learned. I'm sure he learned a lot with Rafael Kroy because yeah, there comes experience. But let me see your defense. <laughs> yeah, well, Godin he he just made a uh, move back right to South America. Yes, yes, to Brazil. Um, yeah, which is good. I mean, he's getting up there in age, but uh, still such quality quality uh, professional. Um, all right, mine mine is mine is odd. You ready? Here mm-hmm. we go. All right, my left back is uh, Mark Cucurella. Okay. Bright. Okay. My center back, uh, one of two, is Diego Carlos. Mm-hmm. Sevilla, who we talked about previously. 
My other center back, um, again, it's Imeric Laporte. Okay. Um, yep. Laporte for me. Well, I'll talk about them in a second. And my right back is Donnie Carvajal. I know he's been injured. He was injured all pretty much all of last year. He's only really played 13 or 14 games this year. Um, he might be trending downwards in terms of, um, you know, his importance for Real Madrid. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not really there yet. Uh, you know, all of all three of Real Madrid's losses this season mm-hmm. have come with him out of the lineup when he's not at right back. Wow, that's, so, that's a great stat to mention, man. Yeah. Carvajal. Yeah. So, so, like, he just turned 30, I know, and he's he's had a bunch of injuries. He's been in and out. But um, I'd say, I mean, I would even extrapolate and say he's one of the more underrated fullbacks on the planet over the last five to ten years. Oh, right? I mean, I agree. You know, I mean, I, I don't see that being that bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, let me go back through. So, you know, Cucurella, um, this is more of, like, a personal preference. I love watching Mark Cucurella play, Okay. Mm-hmm. Love watching him at Hatafe. I actually thought he was maybe a year or two too early um, at Barcelona. I thought he could have gotten his chance at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I know everybody likes to likes to look at his hair and call him Sideshow Bob and whatever. But this kid is just a – he's like a Jack Russell Terrier. He's just everywhere on the field, okay? Mm-hmm. And he will he, – he'll get forward. Um, but I know for like two years running, he was either leading by a lot um, or no, actually, I think for two years running in La Liga, he led pressures one. Okay, so he was just always over there, lightning rod um, up that left side. He's been a standout everywhere he's gone. He's normally winning tackles. He can hit a through ball. He can hit a cross, um, and he hasn't missed a beat for Brighton. He really hasn't missed a beat, and he's been one of the more entertaining players to watch. Still twenty three. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure you're going to see him in, in, in a, you know, see him play for Spain quite frequently over the next five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diego Carlos, we already talked about, he's barely ever beaten on the dribble. He's aggressive. He's got 10 clean sheets and 19 starts this year in La Liga. Six of those were one nil wins. So razor thin. Um, you know, I would say the, the outlier this season was Sevilla's stinker in the champions league, but like Diego Carlos is. I don't know. I he's like a smaller center back, but he's like filled out and just a really good solid guy. I can't see him at Newcastle, but watch it happen. I can't. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But Laporte too, I just think he's the forgotten center back um mm-hmm. at Manchester City. Uh obviously not really a name that you would look at and say kind of underrated, but mm-hmm. I think because he's never really in the limelight as like uh, Howler Central. I mean, he is so trustworthy to Pep Guardiola that, um, you know, yeah. I, I don't think, I think it's understated. I'm Eric Laporte. It's just expected that he plays at a high level. I know he slipped today versus Chelsea, almost leading to a goal. Um, but again, it's not surprising that City's two losses this year, their two losses this year came and he wasn't in either line. Actually, no, he was out one game. The other game, he got a red card early on, so... Well, Laporte is a phenomenal ball-playing centre-back, and if if there's a centre-back type that Guardiola would love, it's it's the one that can pinpoint that pass. That's a phenomenal mention. With I think Laporte... Sorry? Yeah, sorry? I think... I do, uh, I do no, think sorry. Laporte is 
like overlooked by many because yeah, Ruben Dias gets all the attention, man. Especially I get, I give all my attention to Ruben Dias. So yeah, <laughs> I get. And, and I believe Laporte came in what like a couple weeks after Virgil Van Dyke uh, mm. made that big move to Liverpool. So I just feel like he's gotten mm. lost in the mix of the jokes about how uh, Pep likes to spend you know hundreds of millions of pounds on uh, on center backs, but like Laporte has been absolutely key um and and probably has allowed ruben diaz to be uh who he needs to be play to his strengths uh there and they, they look good today it was laporte and um and john stones uh versus chelsea and so it didn't really chelsea looked you want to go eh. bowl with the midfield <laughs> yeah let's do it all right i've got i'll, I'll go quicker on this one um Okay, three in the midfield. We're four three three. This is underrated ballers for the season so far. My midfield is Sergey Malinkovic Savic of Lazio. Okay, my um, defensive mid, even though you could put Malinkovic Savic there, is Denis Zakaria, and my attacking mid is going to be Bruno Guimaraes. Okay. What, what a team, Brenton! What a team, clip it! What an underrated midfield! Oh, I like it. That like this, the, you got me with Milinkovic Savic. You got me sold. Yeah. I knew Beautiful. the midfield was gonna be fire once you said yeah. that, man. <gasps> oh, I mean his, his heat maps are ridiculous. Like the guy is everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and what I love most about uh, SMS or whatever you want to call him, um, <laughs> what I love most about him is that he will get dirty. Like he will he will get stuck in and destroy somebody, yes. and in the same breath or like five dribbles later. He'll hit a, you know, line splitting pass that sends somebody through or whatever, you know, Um, and seven goals to go with seven assists in Serie A this season. He's second in in assists in Serie A. He covers so much ground Um, and he's been doing it. He's been doing it year in, year out for like a relatively uninspiring Lazio team. So it's it's so weird, man. For me, like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic has the passing ability, has the finishing ability. He can head the ball. And then you mentioned it. He can cover all. He can cover all. Man, amazing, amazing mansion. So I'm going to go with my midfield over here. And it's I, I think it's a good one. So my underrated midfield is Rodrigo De Paul. Dielema and Dusan yeah. Tadic. This is my underrated midfield, man. Because, come on, Dusan Tadic is like nearly or equaling maybe Lionel Messi in assists. Then yeah. we have the ball yeah. that is crucial for Argentina. And he got an amazing move to Atletico. And not a lot of people still talk about Rodrigo De Paul. He's man underrated for me. And Dielema. Uh-huh. Like, if I see the scale of things, it's Tielema's balling in the Prem. And if Tielema was in the top six team, people would be going bonkers on him. So, I do expect him to have a move, though. Like, he he can't be playing for like this for so many seasons and not get snatched up. So, yeah, this is my bit. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, you and I both have been big fans of Yori Tielemans. I mean, back when he was with Anderlecht coming through and... uh, his move to Leicester surprised and almost and delighted us. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, he's getting to the point. I think his his uh, his deal is getting up, uh, coming up, and uh, he's going to be making a move. Is my guess. I don't think he's going to be renewing with uh, with Leicester. So I'll be really interested. And actually, a lot of these that you mentioned, aside from DePaul, who did just sign, mm-hmm. um, Zakaria, Milinkovic, Savic, Gimarech, uh for Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Tielemans, I mean, these are all guys that are very much up in the air, right? In terms of club yep. situations, they might be moving to bigger clubs soon. And if they aren't, they should be. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 You got cool. it right. They're going to move. Those players are going to move. So front trio, you got to go first. No, you go first. Okay, go let first. me go bold on this one. So, my front trio is at the left. I'm going with Christopher and Kunku. At the striker, I'm going Zeku. And at the right, I'm going Son. Okay? So, my trio, oh, oh, underrated. Okay. For me, he's underrated. But yes. if not Son, I put Berardi. Yeah. Okay, I had, I had, I had like a, if you were going to say, oh, no, Son's underrated, Berardi, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because Berardi, how is this guy still a Sassuolo, okay? Berardi would literally that. go to Tottenham right now, or or even like, I'd say, Man, no, not Man United, but Berardi can play in a top Premier League team, and he's at Sassuolo at Inter. No, but not, yeah. not a lot of people talk about him, but Zeku. For me, Zeku's underrated because Zeku replaced a player for 110 million and replaced yep. pretty well with the same, st- uh, not the same stat, but he's e- equaling those stats of yeah. Lukaku last season. And now in Kunku, because, yeah, if there's a player that's going to definitely get a move, it's in Kunku. And mad underrated. Yeah. For me, he's got to be for Le Bleu, got to be in the selection. And yeah, unbelievable yeah. stats. I mean, he's he's got his footprint on uh, on every good thing that Red Bull Leipzig does. So I'm I'm with you there. Uh, we also have overlap. We have overlap. Zeko is a great a great 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 shout because he's been he's been scoring goals for years, man. And uh, right. yeah, for him to step in seamlessly and replace a Lukaku and them still have the same outcome, which is them at the top of the Serie A table currently, um, that's pretty damn good. Uh, we'll see if it lasts, but uh, but I uh, but I like that. So, do you want to guess which one is the overlap? Uh, son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, so. Here, here's what it comes down to. I have him on the left, but here's what it comes down to. Son is underrated because I don't think any of us can fathom how important he is to the footballing world uh, in the Eastern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. right? to the, the, the importance of, of uh, spreading the, the Premier League gospel all across the world. Um, and, and for just, on top of that, how really good of a dude he seems to be mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and how good of a footballer he is. Um, and in, in a team where the buck stops with Harry Kane, uh, he has somehow always picked up that slack when Harry Kane is out. He is always just worn down defenses he's he's just been the guy that is just the endless i don't know like the fly buzzing around your head that just never goes away and you can't catch okay um and tottenham fate tottenham fans i'm sure rate him obviously uh but i think the rest of premier league fans the, the rest of the world um might not rate rate him as 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 highly as they should world class you know he, no, he does more for the advancement of football uh, than, than, I don't know, than other people out there. I mean, he's up there in terms of the influence he has on the world footballing culture uh, with Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi because of where he come from, comes sure. from and and how important he is um, to that. So I'm with you. I'm with there. I'm all all on board as saying Hungman Son is, uh, is, is one of the best um, – and most underrated footballers, even though he is widely considered one of the most world-class footballers out there. Um, so, with that said, I got Hungman Son. 
I've got my striker is Gerard Moreno, Villarreal. Um, hard to kind of say he's underrated when he just keeps scoring goals is, for Villarreal. He is. He is. Um, but he totally is. He's key in the buildup. His first first touch is like top notch. Um, and he's got 90 goals and 149 appearances all time for Villarreal to go with about 20, 27, I think, 28 assists. I mean, he's the all-time leading goal scorer for Villarreal. Uh, him under Unai Emery is just taking it up to another level. Um, so I just think Gerard Moreno is phenomenal. Um, I mean, they were they were flagging. They were not doing really well. He comes back from injury. He's got seven goals and five starts, and they've got, I think, they're unbeaten in the last six. It just shows you all you need to know about Gerard Moreno. Mm-hmm. Waiting for that next move and whether or not it'll ever happen. And then my right wing is going to be Jared Bowen, okay? Oh, yes. Jared Bowen. Yes. Uh, assists versus United. He's got two assists versus Liverpool this year, a goal and an assist versus Chelsea. He already has 18 goal involvements this season, uh, more than quite a few mm-hmm. of players that have been called up by Gareth Southgate for England. Um, you know me, I always use the term en- endless engine. Jared Bowen is an endless engine. He just never stops. Um, and he's one of the biggest keys to, to West Ham's outperformance. So um, I wanted to go with Domenico Berardi because of just sheer output. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Jared Bowen, for me, this is probably because I watched the Premier League more. So I admit it. I get it. I haven't been watching Sassuolo as much as I've been watching um, West Ham. But Jared Bowen has just been phenomenal for them. And I'm going to say it. He deserves an England national team call-up. Love it, and I agree with it. I agree with it. So let's just go down with the eleven. So my eleven has Martinez, Rafael Kud, Flip, Godin, Joaquin Mele. Then in midfield, De Paul, Telema, Tadic, and then forwards: Nkunku, Zeku, and Son. These. This is my underrated eleven. So I like it. All right, my underrated eleven is De Gea, Cucurella. Diego Carlos, Laporte, Carvajal, Zakaria, Malinkovic, Savic, Guimaraes from Lyon, Hongmin Son, Gerard Moreno, and finally Jared Bowen. That these are good teams. Man, I, I like that team. I, I, I love the Brun Guimaraes mansion, man, because Brun Guimaraes is, is really gonna leave Lyon. A hundred percent gonna leave Lyon. He is, uh, he is, and I, I, I really am interested in where he's going to wind up. I mean, he's a, he's a little sloppy sometimes in possession, so mm-hmm. if, I don't know if it's going to be a possession-based team, but like, he's so good. He's he he can he can do he can do it all, <laughs> a lot like Milinkovic Savic. So I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see where these guys wind up. So people comment in the com- comment in the comment section below. Your favorite eleven, okay, and who should be in our favorite elevens, okay? Because we really want to see those underrated names uh, pop up here in the here in the comment section, man. And please like the video too. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed episode thirty-nine. Okay, it was a really nice one, man. Because the underrated eleven, I can't stress enough how many times we talked. Let's get this done. Yeah. And yeah. Like- Subscribe. Come on, tell them all that stuff. <laughs> like, subscribe. Check out fcwonderkid.com. And huge appreciation on that. And guys, thank you for being a part of the boldest community on the webs at FC Wonderkid. Man, I hope you guys have a really nice uh, week. And ch- uh, see you next time.